Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. I'm Bree James, and on today's show, we are chatting to author parenting expert and registered psychologist, Dr. Vanessa Laponte, about how we can manage our children's anger eruptions and avoid the dreaded meltdown. Now make sure you stay tuned for our weird, wacky and wonderful world of parenting segment too, as we have a heartwarming story about a granddad who is making dolls with skin conditions to help children feel more confident in their own skin. And you don't want to miss this week's tip as I have just the thing to get rid of that horrible bin juice. So let's get into today's show. Anger in children is one of those things that takes us by surprise. So how can this huge eruption come from someone so small? Where does this anger come from and when does it become a problem? Well, let's get Dr. Vanessa on Zoom to answer these questions. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Vanessa, what causes anger eruptions in children? Because they can just come from nowhere. They really can. And there's so much happening inside the developing mind that leads to an interesting release of all different kinds of emotion. The challenge with anger is that we've been socialized all along to believe that anger is this kind of negative thing. And so it really often takes us by surprise when it leaks out of or explodes out of our children. They can have anger for a bunch of different reasons. It can be simply because their bodies are just changing and growing so quickly and they're feeling quite out of sorts. And oftentimes, anger is an expression that masks other emotions that have yet to settle in. And so the bottom line is we want to make sure that anger is primed for a really lovely release because emotions are meant to cycle. And if we start to encourage our children to shut their anger down or stuff it, then we stuff all those other emotions. And then one day they really will erupt through the surface and they're not going to be pretty. (laughs) We've all had our children that have had a full-on meltdown. Um, I, I think my one of my sons, he actually had a night terror once and he was angry. Um, so, yeah, it is quite interesting to see, you know, this beautiful child that's usually so um, placid just be angry. And so you're saying it's because they hold back so many other emotions that it just erupts eventually. Yeah. And you know what? It's hard to grow. It's hard to figure life out. It's hard to become adaptive. It's hard to have to sort of smash your head into the brick wall of life and figure out the things that don't work. And then how you sometimes have to change course onto other things that might work. Um, and so I think, you know, that's a tricky thing to, to wrap one's mind around. And when you're a growing little human, you just haven't figured it out yet. You don't, you don't even have the neural connections that are going to be necessary to allow you to really figure that out until somewhere between five and seven years of age. So it really is, it's not so much a skill as something that children must experience in order to be able to develop and grow into. So are they normal um, or is it something, you know, that we need to worry about? When is it something we have to worry about, but are they normal? as well as well, two. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing is they're so normal. And in fact, you want for your children to have big blowouts. You want for them to get really, really angry. 
when this is not happening, at least to a certain degree, I, as a psychologist, start to get a little concerned because all humans come up against things that don't work. And when we're young and still developing and growing our minds, it is upon us to erupt in the face of that frustration so that the neural connections that will eventually become part of how we, how we learn, how we acquire the ability to self-soothe from the inside, get um, a few practice runs. And by a few, I mean like thousands of practice runs. Now, when would it become worrisome? Well, anger would become worrisome if it was happening so frequently that it had started to interrupt the day-to-day world of a child to the extent that it was beginning to interfere with development. Mm. Yeah, we don't want angry children running around, do we? Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent we do, but we don't want it to take over their life. You know, one of my children struggled um, and to this day has uh, learning differences. And I started to notice in kindergarten just these like, incredible meltdowns and a lot of lashing out and really big explosions and really big anger, which was actually the first signs that things were starting to go off the rails. And as that continued to happen daily, and sometimes for, you know, a couple of hours at a go, then that's the kind of warning sign where this this is um, pointing us to something bigger and deeper uh, that requires some adult intervention in order for the child to be supported and understood and perhaps shielded uh, in ways that are healthier for them as far as growth and development are concerned. Because it is hard to work out what the core reason is, I guess, as to why they are having this anger issue. How can parents sort of work out what it is, do you think? You know what? The, the bottom line is that nine and a half times out of 10, you're not going to know. And so part of it, I'm always like shaking my fist in the air and pumping my hand and telling people, you got to keep the faith (laughs) because part of parenting is just really trusting that nature and development have um, had thousands and thousands of years of perfecting themselves. And so they really know the course that a child needs to take in order to grow in the best possible way. And so rather than constantly trying to search for answers, uh, instead of that, lean into what it is that's occurring and really work to have your child feel understood. Even if you can't put your finger exactly on what it is that's happening, you can make a lot of uh, motions and movements and tone of voice and languaging and eye contact and all sorts of things that have your child feel honored as the very human being that they are in those exact moments. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Good Start Early Learning. Good Start can nurture your little one right from the nursery through to kindergarten with the choices of a nine-hour, 10-hour or all-day session. Visit goodstart.org.au and inquire today. So what effects can, if they're having so many eruptions, can it have on on our children? Because obviously, you know, if they're quite angry a lot, um, it can't be good good for them long-term. Yeah, so the biggest thing is that with anger comes a stress hormone called cortisol. And so if you're really struggling to regulate your emotions, which is leading to a lot of outbursts and a lot of anger, what will end up happening is you'll start to have more cortisol in your system than is typical. And uh, the brain is sort of... um, 
responsive in this way, which means that if it thinks you need more cortisol, it just starts making more cortisol. And the end result is that your baselines of cortisol or the amount of stress hormone that a little person might have floating around in their body at any given time starts to become elevated. And we know that cortisol, uh, for all human beings, it's not good for our bodies to have constant amounts of cortisol coursing through our veins at any kind of elevated level. It makes us feel unwell. We often develop sort of like symptoms of having a low-grade virus that just won't go away. It can lead to headaches and tummy aches and body aches and all sorts of things. The other thing that we know about cortisol is that it's actually toxic to the developing brain. And so we really don't want our kids to be drowning in waves of cortisol arising from something in their world that is not working for them. I gave you the example of my son a little bit earlier, and ultimately um, he started to, because of this elevated level of cortisol, begin to um, throw up on a daily basis and had to eventually be placed on a leave a medical leave from school in his first grade uh, year at the age of six in order to bring his world back to a space of calm and quiet so that he could emotionally recover from those experiences so that we could reset the cortisol system in his brain, something called the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which is a fancy term. You can use at your next cocktail party um, to reset the HPA axis so that he would have a chance at his body getting reset. So we don't want that kind of fallout happening. And beyond that, kids who have constant meltdowns and tantrums, they know. They know that they're irritating everyone around them. They know they're missing the mark. They know they're not fitting in. They, they know they're, they're, they've become a, a thorn in everybody's side. And so we don't want kids developing that kind of self-concept either. Yeah, absolutely true. So where can we go for more information? I, obviously, what you just said then is, is incredible knowledge um, to understand why children, you know, how can we bring down that cortisol is one question that I wanted to ask as well. And then, you know, where can we go for more information? Yeah, so we have a really brilliant answer for how to bring down cortisol. And there's only one way to do it for developing children. And the one way to do that is uh, to crawl into their brain via what's called the relational brain bridge. So we can actually access our children's, um, the area of the brain, the HPA um, axis it's called, in the brain where the cortisol production is being controlled. We can access the parts of the brain all around that um, through connecting emotionally with our children, which is why it's so important that the relationship that you're developing with your children is really solid, that your children look upon you as somebody who's safe for them in times of upset rather than somebody who jumps into the upset set with them and just churns it all up. And as somebody who's not going to reject them or send them away for their anger, but rather is going to draw them in and pull them close so that they can feel the connectivity within the relationship. Because neurologically, the effect of that is to calm the brain down. Now, within the relationship, you have all sorts of potency to then begin to share with your child things that might feel really good to their body in that moment. And so I remember teaching my son deep breathing and having him learn that whilst snuggled into my lap where we learned together what it was to take a belly breath and then to blow the belly breath all out uh, because that um, 
counteracts the part of the nervous system that's become very elevated or activated when our kids are having big outbursts. Um, we also can really invite our children to have a relationship with their feelings. So rather than it's this big crazy thing that's happening to me, we start to um, externalize and label those things. Well, that was your anger talking. You're not an angry boy, but you had some angry words, didn't you? Sometimes it's really hard when our anger takes over. So we start to develop a relationship with our emotions, making them um, less overwhelming and scary. And so the biggest thing is relationship. And then to come at all of those support pieces through that relationship. Amazing, amazing advice. Where can we go for more uh, help if we need it? Yeah, so there's actually a lot of organizations and a lot of really incredible um, parenting educators that provide great resources on this. Of course, I um, have a couple of books that I've written that talk a lot about these kinds of things within um, the context of child development. Uh, I would say Maggie Dent has some wonderful material on her uh, website. Uh, when you're looking specifically at cortisol and the effects on the growing child, there's an incredible um, researcher by the name of Dr. Bruce Perry. His uh, website is called childtrauma.org, and he puts out a lot of really fascinating material as well. Self-regulation has become kind of this buzzy term uh, for um, us parents and teachers and other big people out there who are really intent on growing kids up in the best possible way. So you can find, I mean, truly all sorts of information. Stuart Shanker, uh, who's a Canadian, uh, has done wonderful work in this area. So there's a lot of really great resources and, and incredible people who are doing uh, incredible work. Thank you so much for helping us today uh, learn a bit more about our children's anger and um, putting it into perspective for us. Thanks so much for being on the show today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. The weird, the wacky and the wonderful in the world of parenting. Now, here's a heartwarming story to make your day. So a grandfather from Brazil has made crochet dolls with vitiligo. If you don't know what vitiligo is called, it is a term skin condition that causes your pigment producing cells to die or stop functioning. So that's resulting in blotches of pale skin around your body. So this condition can be tough for anyone who has it, but especially for children. So J.O., the creator of these lovely dolls, started this idea when he made a doll that resembled him for his granddaughter to remember him by. He added light patches of the doll uh, because he has vitiligo, and from there it dawned on him that he could help other kids with vitiligo to come out, overcome their uh, issues with their skin condition using the dolls as well. So how lovely is that? It's beautiful. All right, number two, is your child one of those people who can't have different parts of their meal touching when they're on the same plate together? Well, you are lucky now because there is a plate that has a cubby dividers to help you divide your food and portion your meal. So these suction cup dividers allow you to change how you want to divide your plate while also stopping any foods running into each other and leaking underneath and ruining the rest of your meal because, you know, you can't have things touching each other, right? Um, so not only is the food cubby dividers great for separating food, but they're also perfect for your little ones as they provide a wall to help scooping food onto a fork or spoon much easier. So it's the food cubby plate. Check that out for fussy eaters that don't like their food touching. And last one, learning how to write is difficult. Uh, it's quite a challenge for our little ones, especially if they aren't gripping the pencil correctly. So a company has developed unique pencil grips that have finger slots in them 
um, that'll show your kids exactly how to hold a pencil properly. So to allow your child to be able to write for a long period of time without getting uncomfortable, these pencil grips have a lot of padding to provide a comfortable position while correctly gripping their pencil. So that's pretty cool. Check it out in the show notes if you want to see more about that one. If you're loving the Pack Mag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow Pack Mag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. It's time for Bree's Give It A Go Challenge. All right, for this week's Give It A Go Challenge, I want you to go a week without makeup. Now, for some, this can be daunting as we rely on our makeup as, uh, you know, a cover, but it is time to give our face a break and take care of our skin. So try using a face mark once or twice a week to hydrate your skin and open your pores, but give it a go. No makeup for a week. Pack Mag's tip of the week. All right, bin juice. No one likes it. It's that weird, disgusting leftover food juice that always makes it to the bottom of the bin. So my tip of the week is to put old newspaper at the bottom of your bin to absorb food juices. Then you've got no more of that squishy mess at the bottom. And it's a bit nicer, especially when the kids help you take the rubbish out and they drip it all through the house. So I hope that helps. You're welcome. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? So what did we learn on today's show? I learned heaps. I always learn so much from Dr. Vanessa. Now, number one was that anger shouldn't be seen as a negative thing because anger is often an expression that masks other emotions that have yet to settle in. So if we start to encourage our children to shut their anger down, then we shut down all of those other emotions, causing them to eventually erupt with all of this anger. Now, number two was that anger eruptions are normal. Now, like Dr. Vanessa said, we want our child to be able to get really angry. Well, to a certain degree, um, we all experience things that don't work or don't go our way, causing us to get angry. And however, the difference between us adults and children is that we understand how to control this emotion. So don't let anger get the better of, better of us, but we can't bottle it all up either. Number three is when your child's anger does erupt, you know, or if they're having eruptions and they're becoming so frequent that they are, you know, having interruptions to their day-to-day life activities and things like that this is when it becomes a problem towards your child's development so it is a good idea to go and see someone about it or start putting in some of some great strategies to help them manage their anger a little bit better and lastly it's important to make your child feel understood when they are going through an anger eruption even if you yourself don't know what has caused this eruption so there you have it some really great takeaways from our show today Well, that's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed putting it together for you. Remember, any important links can be found in the show notes. But a big thank you uh, to our amazing guest today, Dr. Vanessa Laponte. Uh, Check her out um, on her website. She's got amazing resources for for parents to give them a hand. Um, And yeah, take care. Until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.